Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is a recording of the Key Role Film Society. I am Pastor Neil Wemus, and this is my continued series of podcasts looking at the movies, at the Harry Potter movies. So, <clears throat> last time I went, I reviewed uh, a source, The Sorcerer's Stone. So, naturally, today I'm going to look at the movie The Chamber of Secrets. And I actually decided to watch through all of the movies before I was able to give a review. And the reason is, is I kind of want to look at the whole story brought together. And uh, the look at their connections and how they're interrelated, things like that. And so, uh, so started, The Chamber of Secrets was, it's kind of the last, there's... The first two movies of Harry Potter, um, they're much more um, childish in nature. And what I mean by that, it is aimed towards you. It, is, it feels like it's targeted towards your 8 to 12 year old range, 18 to, 8 to 13 year old, which makes sense because Harry Potter would be about 12 years old in this movie. His character is. And so it matches the 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 stories of Harry Potter uh, mature with Harry Potter himself, and so you kind of get this, and so that's why this movie, Sorcerer's Stone, the material is much more innocent, and, uh, but it's so it's kind of a little bit more childish, and the reason is is because that's the age stage they are. And as I've said before, um, for Dumbledore, um, I was for Dumbledore, who was, he was played by Richard Harris in those first two movies, and he was the perfect character, person, perfect person for those first two movies, because he was he was gentle, he was fatherly, grandfatherly, whatever you want to call it, say, and he was he fit into that role. Well, when Richard Harris, you know, died after the second movie, they had to get a replacement actor, which, you know, it's not the way you'd want to have to replace the actor. But if, but when it, if it was to happen, that was actually a really good time to happen because the guy that replaced him was Michael Gambone, who ended up being a perfect change when you get into the Prisoner of Azkaban. And I'll talk about that actually later today. So today I'm going to actually rec- I'm going to review I think two movies Chamber of Secrets and The Prisoner of Azkaban. So but anyway, so in Chamber of Secrets, so in Chamber of Secrets you have Rich- so Richard Harris like I said is Dumbledore and he does a um and so that kind of reflects the more ch- childish themes. But one of the things I should note is kind of a note is in the first movie, the first movie really really um, played off of the fantastical nature of Harry Potter. It very much was playing into that ooh, ah, isn't that neat type stuff. And I don't know if Chamber's Secrets really did that as much. I mean, you had the flying car, you had the tree, but honestly what it did was the Chamber's Secrets brought in a new trend into this overarching story. Because Harry Potter, the Sorcerer's Stone had, you know, dark moments, but it was actually mostly a very bright movie. The coloring of the film is bright. I mean, the very first, 
I mean, when I think of Sorcerer's Stone, the first image that comes to my mind is the image of them walking into the the Great Hall in you know in Hogwarts, and it's like a bright light. It's brightly shining. And there's the beautiful sky. Everybody's high hat excited. They're, you know, open-eyed, wondering what they're going to see. The big feast. And it's like a big old happy family. I mean, you got that mean kid, Draco Malfoy. But really, it's, it's bright. It's exciting. But this, this movie, they begin to start to darken the colors. Now, it's not the darkest the franchise goes because the dark franchise definitely goes much darker than this but it's beginning to go in that route and it's beginning to sh reveal to show to you that it is going to go into a dark path and and so you have this um you have this you know this and so like chamber secrets I mean, the thing that comes to my mind when I think of Chamber of Secrets is the Basilisk, this big giant snake that he had to fight at the end in this darkened cavern. You know, I think about, you know, the kids that are getting, you know, um, these kids are getting petrified. Um, and, you know, I think of these type of things, what's going on, it is a darker film. And it's introducing the reality that people are going to die in this series now you don't actually see anyone die outside of the snake um we hear of somebody that died in the past but you don't actually see someone die in this movie but it introduces the reality that that's going to happen and so it introduces the dark reality and i think it's almost appropriate because you think about so like Harry Potter is it's this it's a creative fantastical way fun exciting way to examine look at the development of people in general and you know in the second movie this is you know the first movie they're bright eyed they have all the hopes and the dreams in their world I mean especially I mean it makes sense for some of them you know I mean First, I mean, especially when you talk about, like, Harry and Hermione. Hermione comes, her parents are muggles. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. And, but she, her parents are muggles. So she comes from the normal, everyday world. Her parents, we find out in later movies, they're dentists. And so, nothing extraordinary. So when she sees, she starts learning about this magic... And she sees the stuff. It's incredibly awesome. Um, Harry, <clears throat> especially so. I mean, Hermione, yeah, she came from the normal world too. But her parents were loving, compassionate, kind. Harry's parents are dead. You know, that's the whole story of Harry Potter where it begins. Is his parents were killed by Voldemort. And so... And he's the, he's the boy that survived. He's the chosen one. That's a theme, by the way, of course, that runs throughout the entire franchise and comes to its fulfillment um, by the end. And I've, by the way, I should note that I've, I'm, I'm not even going to try not to spoil things as I go through this, even for the movies, movies that ha I am not reviewing 
And the reason is, is because these movies have been out for almost a decade. So you've had your chance. Um, but anyways, the movie... So like I said, so the whole story is, you know, Harry Potter is... You know, his parents died. And so because his parents died, he's forced to grow up with... Um, with the dirt, the the Dudleys, and his you know his uncle, his cousin, his cousin is extremely spoiled, awful, awful kid. And that's where, in fact, that's where the the first three movies begin. No, the first four movies. Sorry, four movies uh, begin with his life in, um, you know, with his cousins. And you see how badly Dudley is spoiled, and then you see how badly Harry is treated. I mean, he's forced to live in a cupboard underneath the uh, underneath the stairs. All right, and so and there, his uncle is somewhat physically abusive, but definitely verbally, and they absolutely tear him down all all the time, and. And so he's come from, from a very miserable life setting. And then to find out that his life, to have this life that is so great, it's so awesome, it's so cool for him. And so, like I said, the first movie, it's so uplifting, wide-eyed, hopeful. Well, the second movie is not that. The, mo- the second movie is about how life, you, you start out happy. But life just knocks you in the teeth pretty young in life. You know, you know, I just got done teaching vacation Bible school this last week. And it's really interesting when you can see the comparison between the kids who are in preschool to kindergarten versus the first and second graders. The first preschool kindergartners, they're still pretty innocent. They're still very hopeful. It's amazing that you see it in the first and second graders that they've already learned at that point that life could be tough. You could just see it in the way they react to some of the things that I talk about. They're a little bit more aware. And, I mean, not fully, but they're starting to be. And that is, I think, what the Chamber of Secrets is. That's them starting to become aware of the bigger picture of the world. That the world isn't nice. I mean, it starts... I mean, they go to Diagon Alley. When the first time they went to Diagon Alley was a great moment. They went to the bank. They did all this stuff. They got the wand, the owl, all that. Everything was uplifting. And such wonderful. Now, they met the con artist uh, teacher, which, you know, I'll talk about that a little bit ago. Um... But the thing that stands out is the confrontation between Harry and Malfoy's family. And Hermione is there. And the door... The, and it gets revealed to Harry that people who live in the magic world are not very accepting of those who are not. And it's really interesting for you. Got to imagine this got to be kind of interesting for Harry because he grew up with parents, her his aunt and uncle, who 
hated his actual did not like his parents because they were magic and his mother was his aunt was hated his mother hated um harry's mom because she was a she was a witch which you know we actually find out later that it actually was about jealousy more than it was hatred towards witches and wizards but either way it was a um there was a jealousy in there and but either way she hated him because he might end up being like that and so he see the prejudice of the humans the muggles muggle world to the witches to the wizarding world but here he here sees from lucius and it's actually the entire theme of the big it's the overarching story of the chamber's secrets is this prejudice between the from the the wizarding world towards the muggle world towards the non-magic folk and they use these terms like mudblood which is you know we had similar to what we would have in our day and i'm you know the names that we have for african americans the names we have for asian americans for hispanics for um for for um, Caucasians, whites, there's derogatory terms for every race in our culture, and you know it's very much stepping into that prejudice, which that racism, that prejudice based upon wealth, ba which you know kind of got introduced in the first movie, but it definitely got um, introduced in this. It's definitely being pushed forward in this movie, and it's something that never goes away in the entire series. Is this prejudice? towards um, mudbloods or people who are from non-magic families or have a muggle parent or something like that. There's this ongoing theme of prejudice and hatred towards one another. And, you know, and so in Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, it's the overarching story. Um, so this is, you know, I would say that this is the biggest... Um, you know there's so another interesting theme that plays into this uh, movie is in the story and I'd pack it up with the film I know some of you are like well that didn't happen the book okay I haven't read the books so I'm being honest but but that allows me actually to review the movie and not its relationship to the book um, but anyways, the uh, the movie um, has this one of the th ongoing themes throughout the um, Harry Potter franchise is that there is always a change in the dark arts defense against the dark arts professor, and so the first year you had um, the. The first movie you had Professor Quirrell, and then in this movie, um, it ended up being um, Gilderoy Lockhart, who ends up being um, this basically a fraud because he, what he wrote, he wrote all. He's a really he ends up becoming at the beginning of the movie. Find out he's this really famous author. Yeah, he writes all these books about these stories about dark wizards he's defeated, um, beasts that he's tamed, 
all these incredible things he has done. Well, as the movie progresses, you more and more realize that this guy is completely inept. And he is not a good wizard by any stretch of the imagination. And it turns out that all these wizarding stories that he has are stories that he stole from someone else. And so the more and more you follow, the more you realize that the that he's you know he's a fake and and again this is you know this again fits into the world that kids grow up into i think it's in this age you know in this at this point the second year is school so they're in that you know they pass that innocence and no the and i made that example of k through preschool and kindergarten versus first and second graders but the people the characters of this movie um, would probably be more akin to so um, Sorcerer's Stone, what would that be? I think they'd be fifth graders typically. Um, Chamber's Secrets would be, you know, your typical sixth grader. Um, but anyway, so your sixth grader, they're becoming, you know, so we're looking at that, the sixth grader or the second year at school type kid. He's, you know, he's been bright eyed in the first movie, but now he is getting introduced to the lies of the world, the lies from adults. I mean,. And I'm not talking about just, you know, evil Voldemort lies. We're talking about people that are just lying to make a buck. As was the case with uh, Lockhart, this professor. And so, you know, that's, that's the thing. That's what Chambers' Secrets is ultimately a movie on. It's a movie about, there's a lot of prejudice. You're, get, you're getting, it's... it's exposed to the darkness of the world the reality that people get hurt the really reality people get sick the reality that people will die they're being exposed to the reality that the world is not so bright and cheery as we'd like it to be rather it could be very scary um and dark and lonely and they're getting exposed to this and so this is kind of the theme of this is that dark that is why this movie is progressively darker. And in my as far as the um Harry Potter movies are concerned um it isn't my favorite movie but it it is it's actually actually admittedly amongst the Harry Potters is probably my least favorite. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have its goods. And even in the midst of that darkness, there's this, um, there's this kind of, and this this theme kind of carries itself even stronger in the next movie. But in this movie, uh, one of the big themes is hope. There is a there's a, or there's a hint of it because when Harry Pot when Harry is fighting the ver- the one of, when Harry goes and visits with um, Dumbledore for the first time in this movie, he he comes across the phoenix, and the phoenix died right there in front of him. And a few moments later, he sees the phoenix reborn. Well, it's later in the movie when he feels absolutely hopeless when things seem gone, that that very same phoenix comes and rescues him. This bright red bird 
in the midst of a dark chamber. The Chamber of Secrets. That's the name of the movie. And again, when his hope seems bleak, right in the midst of that in that sorting hat is the sword of Gryffindor. The thing that he would use to fight back at the Basilisk and eventually kill it. So it's I mean, these little moments of glimmering hope, and even the way the sword shows up, it shows up as a glimmer, a glitter, a hopeful way. And so again, it gives you this theme, uh, this little glimmer of hope that rolls right into the next movie, which ends up being... And actually, by the way, hope is a theme throughout the films. And I think it's, and it's actually kind of refreshing because... When you think about a lot of the movies in today's day, I mean, a lot of the many very popular movies tend to be very um, nihilistic, um, that hope is bleak, that, you know, we just end up dead anyways type thing. Everything's meaningless. And this is very much notorious amongst some of the comic book films. But Harry Potter, ironically, is a movie that actually, it's a franchise that over and over is bright, it's hopeful, it's not that dark really. I mean, it, I mean it's dark, but it's a dark, it's kind of the, it's a dark with a silver lining all the time. There's always a glimmer of hope to come. And the movie and, and I'm gonna come back. I think I'm gonna come back to this a little bit more when I talk about the very last film. But I mean, it does have, and I think because I think the way the franchise ends fulfills exactly what I'm talking about is that there is hope in this. And one of the things I I've noticed is I've watched all the Harry Potter films, the stories. They there is no doubt that J.K. Rowling took her I was very much inspired by a number of other fantastical stories she was definitely inspired by Star Wars she was definitely inspired by Lord of the Rings she was definitely inspired by Chronicles of Narnia I could see all three of those movies elements in it and that's not to take away from Harry Potter there's nothing bad about being inspired by other ideas every movie Every show, every story, in some way or another, find, most stories, most movies, find inspiration from something else. I mean, if you watch a movie about vampires, they're not the first movie to move vampires. In fact, the very fact that Harry Potter is about wizards and witches, it's definitely not the first TV show or movie or book or anything that has um, witches and wizards. Uh, so it's... I don't... So the fact is that that there's that she drew from it does not take away from its quality. Um, it's still a very strong franchise, uh, and I think it's and things that she drew from, for the most part, I don't think hurts. Um, I mean, there's this talk of frequent talk about the dark side. When speaking of uh, Voldemort's crew, which yeah, that sounds very Star Wars esque, but. What's, what are we to say? It's actually a very simple way to explain an idea. It works, so go with it. Um, there is 
ongoing themes about education in it. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit um, when we talk about the Order of the Phoenix. Um, but there is this ongoing theme when it comes to education. And so similarly, um, so again, which is again a very common theme in Chronicles of Narnia. Um, and there's, there's some other things I've seen throughout the franchise that reminded me of Narnia. And then, and then, of course, Lord of the Rings. Um, Lord of the Rings, again, a franchise that is very much built on the idea of hope. And it definitely plays it through. And I think Harry Potter almost is honest to that. And the first, the one of the Horcruxes, the Horcrux that they get in at the beginning of the Deathly Hallows, um, is definitely, definitely reminiscent of the One Ring from... Uh, Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, it's with all of that, it's, I mean, and again, it's not to take away from it. It's just to say, just being honest and recognizing it. Uh, most movies are inspired by other things, and if you do it, it's okay to do that as long as it doesn't look like it's a carbon copy. And Harry Potter isn't. It definitely isn't a carbon copy. It has its own uniqueness. It has its own traits. It has its own personality. Um, and it has created an incredible, elaborate world. So anyway, so um, Chamber of Secrets uh, is, you know, if I were to put it on a scale of one to five stars, I'd probably give it a three. Uh, so not good, not bad, not great, just pretty good. Uh, but, it, but as much as it's not, as, as while I have not totally um, clung on to it, like I've liked some of the other movies it's still good and and it's a very necessary it's necessary for the franchise it is the film that really moves the franchise um sorcerer's stone was about introducing the world chamber's secrets really is about introducing the story and that is basically what um I mean, it's really what's establishing the story of the entire franchise. Um, whereas the first movie was introducing who's Harry Potter, who's Voldemort, what's Hogwarts, who's Dumbledore, who's all these people, um, what is the Wizarding World, things like that. Uh, the second movie is about begin really getting you to think about that story, the larger story. So... From there, we're gonna. I'm gonna move right into the other movie, um, the set, the third Harry Potter movie, and for many people I've talked to, they tend. There's a lot of people that will put rank, uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban, as their favorite story, and their favorite book, and also their favorite movie. One of the things that makes Prisoner of Azkaban really stand out in terms of the movie, the stories is it is the only story that you don't have um, you don't have Voldemort present. And there's nobody that you could really point to and say um, that you know he's the villain in this this movie. Um, I mean you could kind of maybe make a case for um, Draco Malfoy, but he, I mean he's kind of villainesque, but he, there's no real concrete villain, and the reason is is because the guy that you think is the villain, Sirius 
black turns out to be a good guy. And yes, you find... Um, Yes, you find out that um, Ron's rat is actually Peter Pettengrew. And, I mean, you could... But he's not really the villain either. There is no solid villain in this movie. It is the... Okay, so there are seven books to um, Harry Potter. There's eight movies, but there's seven books. And The Prisoner of Azkaban is the central book. And I say that it's it's the be- it is the beginning of it's the movie that really gets things going fast. It's the story that gets the story moving fast through the ne- the rest of it, the rest of the franchise, and and it's kind of it's as I've noted before, uh, they changed the actors of. Um, of Dumbledore to Michael Gambone because Richard Harris had died. And this was the first movie that Michael Gambone appeared. And as I said, I've been saying before, it's very, it was very appropriate that he showed up here. Because right away from the very beginning, the movie is notably darker. Um, the way that even, I mean, even the Chamber of Secrets, Chamber of Secrets begins this darkness theme. And so Harry, I mean, for, for, so in the first, in the second, in the first movie, Harry got to Hogwarts all cool. He he rode the train. He went through the, um, you know the. The magical wall that, uh, or barricade, whatever you want to call it, that leads him to the Hogwarts Express, um, on the train. He got. You know, he wrote it. There's all this... Got all these good goodies and stuff like that. The second movie, he didn't get on the train. He was blocked. But he got to fly in a magical car. And you still got some kind of cool stuff. But in Prisoner of Azkaban... Things... You get... He's picked up by this... Bus. And this bus is dark... And the guy who's driving it is the guy driving it and the head hanging and the guide and everything. They're all kind of questionable. They're dark. They're scandalous looking. The first place he ends up is, again, kind of darker. Um, You find out that there's a murderer, um, not Severus Snape, um... You find out that this murder, Sirius Black, is on the loose. And so, you know, again, it's getting darker. And so you, and you find out that this, um, through the story, you eventually find out that this guy is going at, is probably going to, they think that he's going after Harry. And, like I said, it's darker. And it's a different kind of dark. But what the thing is, is that, it's a kind of a dark that creates fear, creates uncertainty. And I mean the you get introduced to the Dementors, which they I mean, which are just these scary looking things that make things cold and um take all joy and happiness away. And it's kind of it's so there's when Michael Gambone makes his first appearance in the movie. 
he does his kind of annual welcome to Hogwarts this year, you know, yada, yada, yada. And he says this, he says this, there's this line, he says, happiness can be found in the darkest of times. Because he, he wipes out this, one of the, because, you know, his stand, it's this eagle with all these lick handles, and with his hand, he puts out one of the lights. And he says, happiness can be found in the darkest of times, but only if one remembers to turn on the light. And he relights it. And, like I said, this is a movie that very much dives into the fears of the world. And not just fears of darkness, but fear in general. I mean, there's a scene where... Um, so they got a new defense against the uh, dark arts teacher, and that is Remus Lupin, who ends up being you know one of the favorite characters in the film. And... So Remus, in one of his teaching, in his lesson, has a Bogart. And he teaches them how to defend themselves against it. And so they cast this spell, I think it's like called Ridiculous, or whatever. And the idea is that this thing turns into something that you laugh at. And so, you know, like... Um, Longbottom is afraid of Professor Snape, and so he turn he mad he makes it so that so the Bogar comes out as Professor Snape. He imagines that it is um, that Professor Snape is dressed in his grandmother's clothing, and so that makes him laugh, and he's not afraid. You have this giant spider. That Ron is afraid of. And then he gives him roller skates. You know, things like that. And so there's this whole theme of them trying to conquer their fears by laughing at it. Um, and this is, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, even kind of the motivation of writing books like the Screw Tape Letters. Where the whole idea is that you laugh at the devil. Because um, the devil can have bare scorn which I think that's kind of a paraphrase of a Martin Luther quote. And anyway, so they, they're dealing with their fears. And, but when it comes to the, to the Dementors, um, Harry Potter has to learn what is known as the Patronus Charm. And what the Patronus Charm is, is this, it's just a bright, light sent against these dark creatures and again this is the idea of light in darkness it's a theme of light conquering the darkness and this continued theme they talked about with chamber secrets this ongoing theme in the franchise that even though everything is dark and feels hopeless there is hope there is light there is happiness happiness can be found in the darkness of times, but only if one remembers to turn on the light. And so, I'm going to, you know, I call this the Key Row Film Society, and I feel, you know, I always have to, um, every, now I need to try to make some connection to theology, and there is definitely connections. 
And, you know, a lot of the stuff I talked about is kind of more of the moral connections. But this is what, there are some other themes that go through. Like I've talked about already that, you know, Harry is the chosen one. And so that's a theme that definitely goes through. But I want to focus on this. This is John chapter 1. It says, in, he, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, and it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So there's this theme in the Gospel of John about light, and this is also where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And so with these things, this is kind of that theme. Light is found in the darkness of times. Now, in Harry Potter, they kind of go into the fantastical direction, what that means. But for us Christians, we look, who's the light? Christ. Christ, who is the word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's that old Sunday school song. And that the word is a light. Well, who is the word? Jesus is the word. Jesus, who is the Word, is the light unto our feet. He is the light in the darkness that the darkness cannot overcome. It's, that is our literal Patronus charm. Except for it's not a magical thing that we call upon. Rather, He comes to us. And He chooses us. It's not, it's, no, it said... Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So, but by, so it is by the will of God that the light of the world, who is Christ, comes into us and gives us light in the midst of this dark and weary world. Jesus is the Patronus charm who chooses us in this dark world, in this world with political strife, with conflict everywhere we look, with death, and all of those awful things. So, that's what I have today, going over two different Harry Potter movies, Prisoner of Azkaban and The Chamber of Secrets. I know that was, there's probably more I could draw out, but because I'm going to go through all the movies, there's some stuff I could draw out even better with the later films. Um... Prisoner of Azkaban, you know, what we find out was Sirius Black. You know, they thought he was the killer. Of course, he's not. He actually was 
um, a very honorable friend, and he's Harry's godfather. So, and it's, it is kind of a neat little moment because Harry finally gets a taste of family, but it's taken from him. But nonetheless, like I said, the movie is a movie that has dark moments. You have moments where it seems like there's death. You had the continuing theme of prejudice um, going into this, um, especially towards Hermione. And like I said, you have, but you, again, you have light. You have hope in the midst of darkness. Just as we have hope in the midst of the darkness of this life. And that hope is none other than Jesus himself. So it's there. I leave you. So again, this was the Key Role Film Society. I am Pastor Neil Wemus. Next time I am going to review, I think, both the Goblet of Fire and the Order of Phoenix. So uh, until then, um, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.